Number one means you're always on top. You're on the number one. I'm Evan Maindonald, CEO of Melt Property. I'm Andrew Ward. I'm the founder of Solomon New Homes. I'm Kavitha Vipulanda, and I'm the director and founder of Valora. I'm Lloyd Edge from Oz Property Professionals. I'm Sim Sekon, MD of Legal for Landlords, and you're listening to The Naked Property Investor. Coming up on this week's Naked Property Investor. When you believe that you can do something, you go out there, you put it in the universe and, you know, you you work on this abundance and growth mindset. You know, it just, the, the world is your oyster. There's so much opportunity out there. It's just a matter of understanding and tapping into it and being able to know what you need to do and taking those risks and actually doing it. And also, you can take chances, you can do things, but people have to be there able to guide you and empower you and inspire you to do things. Hello, my name is Simone DeGal. I'm the CEO of my company, Simone DeGal Architects, and you're listening to The Naked Property Investor. My name is Trent Cripps and I'm the Director of Property at Your Future Strategy. Your Future Strategy is a national financial, property and tax advisory firm based in Australia. We hope you're all keeping safe and well during these challenging times. The one key piece of advice I'd like to offer someone who wants to become a successful property investor is before you even start looking at any potential investments, is to develop a well-defined written property investment strategy. You need a strategy, people. Unfortunately, most people tend to overlook this because they're in simply too much of a rush to buy their first investment. This is why most property investors don't succeed or invest in more than one property. And the reality is one property is probably not gonna be enough to achieve your dream life. Before you even start, it's important to ask yourself some key questions. Always start with the end in mind. For example, are you investing for financial support or early retirement to improve your standard of living, your lifestyle, or for tax benefits, just to name a few. Detail to include in your strategy would be your goals, your risk profile, your financial capacity, what's your number, what is your goal financial freedom number, and by what age you want to achieve it. Uh, things like property types and versus investment objectives, location, the all important location. You've got to analyze the numbers and you've certainly got to have an ex- exit strategy as well. My recommendation is once you've clearly defined all this into a written investment strategy, only then, if you have the capacity, should you commence looking and doing due diligence on a specific property with a view to purchasing and starting your investment portfolio. Don't buy an invest, don't buy on an emotion, stick to your strategy and it's all about the numbers and the potential of the property. And if you need to, don't be afraid to seek help from a pro- professional property advisor because mistakes in property can be costly. Good luck with your investing. Hello, welcome to The Naked Property Investor. This week's show is part of a very special series aimed at showcasing successful women in property. Now, our series called The Naked Property Investor, Women in Property, will hopefully tackle the lack of diversity in the property industry, as well as redressing the imbalance between male and females who sit on the board of property companies. My guest this week is Farine Azim. Now, she's also the founder of Financially Savvy Society. Financially Savvy Society is an organization dedicated to empowering women to improve their financial literacy and 
build their own empires, which is something we should all be doing. Now, Farin believes that by educating women to improve their financial literacy skills, they're able to improve the financial well-being of their whole family and pass those skills onto their children so they can also make informed financial decisions. In just a few minutes, I'll be spending some time with Farin to uncover the secrets of creating wealth and building a life of abundance. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Mario Carozzo. I'm the CEO of the Caridon Group, and you're listening to the Naked Property Investor. Check it out. Thanks for dropping in. This week, I'm in the studio with Farina Zim, founder of Financially Savvy Society. But before we introduce Farin, I've just got time to say that the Property Investor is producing its annual showcase of the top 10 outstanding property specialists 2020. Now, the showcase covers all disciplines from commercial and residential developers to design, finance and property marketing. Now, to be eligible for the award, the specialist must work in one of the following regions, the UK, Australia or the US. For information about how to nominate yourself, a colleague or a client for inclusion in the top 10 outstanding property specialists, email tpieditor at email.com. That email address one more time is tpieditor at email.com. Job done. Farin, it's amazing to have you join me. Thank you so much for having me, Kizzy. This is fun. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be one of the best interviews in the history of interviews. But before we get into that, tell me a bit more about Financially Savvy Society. How did the idea for the society come about and why is it needed? Well, I'm, um, I've been in the finance industry for over um, probably 25 years in total. Um, I'm actually a, my husband and I own a mortgage broking uh, company and I a, also own a financial planning company and I've been a financial advisor for over 10 years. Um, what I found was when I was seeing people, clients were coming to me, um, women have very, very low levels of financial literacy and um, they're not just basically, they don't know what they do with their money. They're not getting ahead. It's not just women. It's basically a lot of people don't understand how to build wealth and financial advice is actually very expensive and difficult for clients to obtain and very regulated so the financially savvy society is an education um, hub or a platform where we just we basically do workshops seminars retreats and we uh, teach people what how to improve their financial literacy and actually build their financial empires. Isn't it true that money and finance are traditionally considered to be a man's game? Why is that wrong? Well, it is. That's very true what you say that, you know, many people do think it's a man's game and women actually turn their eye, blind eye to it. And you find many people um, that when they go through divorces and things like that or relationship breakdowns, they, they don't know what to do because they've never had been in control or never understood finances and money. So... Um, what we need to do is like educate these women and um, and that's what you know and it's very it's a man's game and they think it's very boring or it's difficult so what we do is we put a real good spin on it we uh, make it very fun sexy and fabulous so it is appealing to women so they want to understand and we really talk in um, plain English and don't put the jargon in there so it's very relatable to um, the women that we deal with. I would imagine that a lot of this problem seems to stem from our very early years in school. Now, I don't know what sort of school you went to, Farin, but where, when I was in school, financial literacy wasn't on the curriculum. Shouldn't it be? Yes, yes. So financial literacy is something that is not taught at all in schools, and it's actually not talked about at all. So money seems to be a very taboo subject. So even, um, you know, sitting around the dining table, it's not something that you speak about or talk about. So it ends up being this taboo subject. And what happens is you learn the behavior behaviors, your financial um, lessons and behaviors from just watching people, um, your family, your friends, your partner, um, people around you, 
but they might not be making the right decisions either. So when you're learning these behaviours, if you don't know the right behaviours, you learn the wrong behaviours and you just keep this um, rolling thing happening where you're not, you know, learning how to do it correctly. <laughs> but why why you, Farid? I mean, I've looked at your background and you've had such a great career as a mortgage broker and I think your husband runs the business as well. Why do you care so much about this financial literacy for women? So when I became, so, I mean, as I said, I've been in, you know, the finance game a long time. When I became a financial advisor um, over probably about, you know, over 10 years ago now, I, we actually, um, when I learned, um, even though like I was in the game and I knew it all, with all the knowledge that I had, we were able to really build our wealth and make informed decisions and make the right decisions. And it's all about knowing the skills and the strategies to put in place to build that wealth. And if you look at what we've done over the past, you know, 10 to 12 years, um, I think by teaching other people how to do that, they can actually change their lives as well and really build financial empires for themselves, which doesn't just help them now by creating passive income and all that, but helps them in the time of retirement and helps them choose um, when they want to retire and, you know, not like have to work right through to when you're quite old and all those sort of things. I know that um, when I was in school, um, we were told that our job is to, well, to get a job, work for 40 years or so, and then retire at the age of 65, and then try and survive on a pension provided by the state. What's wrong with that idea? Well, if you're going to survive on a pension by the state, you've got really limited choices about what kind of lifestyle you want. And by by being able to build your own wealth and income, um, you can make, it gives you choices. So basically, I mean, at the end of the day, money does give you choices. And so if you want to, you know, travel, if you want to help your children, you want to do whatever you want to do, you can do that if you make the right money choices and get the knowledge along the way to be able to make those choices. Hmm. I know that um, mindset is important to you. I, yeah, I know. I've been doing my background research. Now, let's talk about mindset. You've said in the past that we have... Uh, what's that quote you, you gave? You said, we have fears and limiting beliefs that stop us from living up to our true potential. Uh, Farid, how important is mindset and what role does it play in achieving financial freedom? Oh, mindset is everything. You know, everything comes from mindset. Once you work through those fears, the limiting beliefs, the fears can be anything from, oh, I can only earn this amount of income. Oh, no, I'm too scared to invest. Oh, no, I don't know what to do with my money. And limiting beliefs and self-sabotage is, um, it's it's just vile there. Like, you know, you just keep on doing things to yourself and not believing that you can do. When you believe that you can do something, you go out there, you put it in the universe and, you know, you, you work on this abundance and growth mindset you know it just the the world is your oyster there's so much opportunity out there it's just a matter of understanding and tapping into it and being able to know what you need to do and taking those risks and actually doing it but where do you get this confidence from because most people um only try to do the things that they know they can already do or they try to do the things that their colleagues their friends their parents their teachers have told them to do how do you break out of that so that you can achieve greater goals especially when it comes to financial literacy and financial independence so when you're comfortable you it's comfortable comfortable is easy right you're just comfortable when you set, step into that uncomfortable area and you take, you start doing things, that's when the growth occurs. So it's about 
being able to step outside the zone and understand that, you know, I'm going to be uncomfortable where I'm going, but that uncomfortable is going to really, really help me grow. And I'm going to have um, a great growth journey from there. Just listening to you talk, Farin, and you sound like you're crusading. This is like a, vo- a vocation for you. It's not just a job. No, no, I actually, I'm really, really passionate about what I do. Um, so, I mean, like a lot of people say to me, oh, Farin, why do you do this? Why do you have financial savvy society? You know, you make, you know, you've been in business for a long time, mortgage broking, financial planning, advising. It makes you a lot of money. It does. But it's not just about money. It's about this is a purpose. This is a why. I want to help people, you know, change their lives and really, really, you know, take those um, those steps. But, you know, it's about understanding why you're taking those steps. It's not just about going out there and going, oh, I want to do this because I want to, you know, just because someone told me to do it. It's about understanding the why, the purpose and what you're going to get out of that. So that's why I'm really, really passionate about it. I'm wondering whether you're doing this for other people or, or are you doing this because when you started out in business, I know that, you know, you, you got married at a very young age and then you had children at a very young age and you've, you've had all sorts of jobs since the age of 14. Do you think that this sort of society could have been a huge benefit to you during your earlier years? Okay, I'm going to give you the background story now. So my parents, of course, were migrants. They came to, um, you know, they left um, their homeland. They left um, and came overseas with about $300. My parents now have unlimited, you know, they have a lot of wealth and all that, but they were able to create that because they took risks and uh, took chances to make that happen. And so from watching them, we saw that, okay, you can take chances, you can do things, but people have to be there able to guide you and empower you and inspire you to do things. And I think that's where it comes from that I had something which a lot of people don't have. And so I feel that I have this empowering and inspiring um, thing in me that I want to be able to do the same for other people. That's a great point and a very good place to take a quick break and come back to our conversation in just a few minutes coming up is our book of the week recommendation and the naked property investors property showcase lots of good stuff don't go away the naked property investors book of the week Hi, this is Kate Brown. I'm a managing editor at Finder and I'm co-host of the Finder podcast, Pocket Money. The reason I think The Barefoot Investor is such a great read is, you know, there's a good reason why this book has sold more than a million copies. The book is a complete easy to digest guide that helps get your finances sorted. It helps you take care of personal finances with a really simple system that focuses on spending, savings and paying down debts. Plenty of us know what we're meant to do when it comes to our finances, but we still don't do it. And I think what Scott Pape does in The Barefoot Investor is he literally tells you what to do. So you don't have any excuses not to do it. He'll even give you an estimation on how long it's going to take. And I think it really breaks down that that final kind of barrier to actually thinking about making a change and doing it. Well, you've got to think about, you know, what's going to work best for you when it comes to managing your finances. There's a couple of really um, good takeaways, I think, from his book that I found really useful in my own life. And I've seen other people use as well um, in a different way, but to suit them. So I mean the first one is being making money a conversation that you have in your household or with your partner, not being weird about it, not pretending it doesn't exist. You know, people often stick their heads in the sand like an ostrich about their money and they don't, they don't want to know. But the idea that, you know, you talk about it, make it a fun thing. You know, he suggests going out on a date or having dinner or a glass of wine and having a conversation about money. It's so important, particularly if you're, you know, you, you have a partner. 
The other one is about managing your money with multiple bank accounts and giving them names and purposes so they feel tangible. Create separate bank accounts with different purposes such as spending or savings and that and actually giving them names and so you've got a real sense of purpose as to what you're doing with your money and also having goals that you want to limit you know that actually you want to work towards um he's very very clear about how you need to eliminate debt and um that is key debt you know isn't going to go away if you don't look at it you have to tackle it head on and once you do that you're so much more free to be able to achieve your goals and he also talks about using index funds for long-term automated growth. So again, for people that are you know new to investing, he gives a really nice, simple explanation about why it's important and what you can do to really optimize your finances. So I think reading the books is a great first step to kind of at least looking your finances in the eye and understanding it can be interesting, but most importantly, not that hard. And, um, you know, we do have so many apps and tools available now to manage our money online as well. Finder has an app that allows you to track all your spending, identify savings. There's plenty of technology out there, again, that could really break it down and make it simple. And I think just not ignoring your finances, the more you engage with them, if you know your money, that's how you're going to grow your money. So you need to, to know it in order to grow it. And I think that's why reading The Barefoot Investor is a great first step. Naked Naked Property Investor, Outstanding Property of the Week. This week's Naked Property Investor, Outstanding Property of the Week is the Quintel Dolego Rental Collection, Golfe Puente 7. Now, this stunning villa is situated right in the heart of Quinta de Lego, featuring six bedrooms and sleeping 12 guests in total. Now, just in case you didn't know, Quinta de Lego is a gated community and golf resort in the Algarve region of southern Portugal. The beautiful landscape gardens and pool areas enjoy plenty of privacy, ensuring a relaxing holiday for the whole family. The property is fully equipped with an outdoor heated swimming pool, a barbecue dining area that comfortably seats 12 people and three lounge areas. Now, the first floor boasts a master bedroom with an ensuite bathroom, uh, double showers, and balcony, a fully equipped kitchen with a breakfast bar and open plan dining area. One double bedroom and one twin bedroom is situated on the ground floor, and the basement includes a large living room with a large screen TV and football table, as well as one additional bedroom featuring a double bed and two bunk beds. This outstanding property is available at a guide price of 8,500 euros per week through Quinta Dolego Rental Collection. Visit their website at www.quintadolego.com and give them a call on 361-289-351-909. That number once more is 361-289-351-909. The Naked Property Investor. Welcome back. I'm in the studio with Farina Zim, founder of Financially Savvy Society, an organization dedicated to empowering women to improve their financial literacy and build their own empires. Now, Farine, at Financially Savvy Society, you teach women to understand their money story and how to transform it to one where they can create a life of abundance. 
What is a money story? And have we all got one? Yes. So everybody's got a money story, one that we're telling ourselves that, oh, we don't have enough money. Oh, we can never have be wealthy. Oh, we can only earn X amount of story. It's just something that we have on repeat in our head. And so when we work with women, oh, men, whoever we work with, we um, teach them how to, and this is all about the mindset piece again. It's about working through those money fears, the limiting belief, the self-sabotage and changing that money story because people need to know where you are today is not where you need to be in six months time so that's about teaching them you know what you need to do to change that money story wow um okay so we all have a money story we can all take control of it take charge of it so we can use it to our own benefit and presumably you help people recognize what their money story is then. yes so what we do is um it, our, when we work with people a lot of the um and it's really quite in-depth work so you have to sit down and really think and sometimes it can be quite um you know when you're facing your fears like it can be difficult it's like these demons you know so we actually make people like sit down write down um so we have a whole list of questions and things we go through and they sit down and they actually write about it and a lot of people People have never even done this sort of thing. So when they sit down and they start answering the questions, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know I felt like that. Oh, my God, is that why I feel like that? So it's like when you let it out, because you don't talk to people about You don't go to someone and go, oh, I'm scared. I'm scared to invest or I'm scared to, you know. So it's like when you start to say these things out, you like to start to write them down, you're actually putting it out in the universe and saying, oh, my God, I, I am like this. And then it's about turning that negative into a positive and changing that negative um, that money story. Do you know what? I've just had an epiphany. I think, I think I've cracked it for mm -hmm. you. I think that a lot of this money story stuff all starts off when we were kids because while you were talking, I, I, it just suddenly occurred to me when I was a kid, I remember my mum used to say stuff to me like, um, it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, a bird in a hand is worth more than two in the bush. And, you know, whenever I went out, she'd always say, be careful, be careful. And I think a lot of that can have a huge impact on the way we see ourselves and our relationship with money. Totally, totally. So, you know, like you might be in the shops and, um, you know, your parents, you might want something and the parents will turn around, oh, no, we can't afford that. It's not in, we don't have enough money for that. So if you're hearing these stories all the time that, oh, we can't afford that, we don't have enough money, and you, you start to believe that that's what's always going to be. But then you might come out in the world and get educated and, you know, do lots of things and have a lot of money. But because you haven't worked through all these behaviours that you have there, um, you still have all this, um, like these limiting beliefs and things that are stopping you from progressing and changing your money story. Okay, so before you started the Financially Savvy Society, what was your money story? Well, my money story actually hasn't been too bad. My money story, I always believed in investing because I grew up seeing my parents. My parents were entrepreneurs, so they've always been in business. They've always invested um, and they've actually invested well, Touchwood. So we, I came from that. I, I learned those behaviours so I could see that taking risks helps, helped you get ahead. You need to buy properties. Um, you need to invest. You need to diversify. So I saw all those things. And, I, you know, I was probably a, in a lucky place where my parents didn't come, didn't say to me that, oh, no, you can't. Even though, you know, um, when they started off, they weren't that well off. But, you know, we were okay. We were probably, we, we, we got what, you know, we were given a lot of stuff so it was if we wanted something we weren't told you don't we don't have enough money so it was never instilled in me that I we didn't have enough money you must be one of these uh, very very lucky people because I know that when we were kids um we were brought up in a situation where you know you couldn't my, my parents couldn't afford to pay attention let alone pay for anything else so I, I think it's taken me a hell of a long time to sort of tear away from the idea that um 
that poverty was always around the corner because no matter how much money I made, I always had it in the back of my head, what if I lose it all? Is that is that something that's particular to me or do other people no, go no, through the a same lot of thought do go process? Through that. So if you've come from a lower socioeconomic area or like from poverty, you do take less, you know, you are a bit more scared because you saw what it was like and then you've come to another stage and you're like, well, what will happen? But it's about understanding that when you make, when you take risks and you do investments, it's about being calculated and having a strategy or having a roadmap, you know, and we all, you know, and so when you research and do things properly, um, if you take no risk, you've got no reward, and that's what it comes to, down to. So you've got to take risk to get that reward. Yeah, I believe that absolutely, and that makes a lot of sense. And that's probably something that we need to teach our kids more often. Um, I've just had a note passed to me saying that we've got just about enough time to go to the section of the show called the 30-second masterclass. Now, don't panic. What this means is that you'll have around 30 seconds to sum up the most important lessons our listeners should take away from our conversation. Are you game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very, very nervous no, yes, okay, yes, as in not really. <laughs> Farine, you've got 30 seconds to sum up what our listeners should take away from our conversation. And the clock starts now. Everyone can change their money story. You have a money story, but it is possible to be changed. Everyone has money fears and um, self-limiting beliefs and self-sabotages. It's about understanding how to work through them and to transform those behaviors to create a life of abundance and growth. Wow. You nailed that in under 30 seconds. <laughs> I am so awed. That's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that was an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, I, I get the feeling that this conversation could go on for hours and hours because there's so much I want to talk to you about. Now that I've got an idea of what my money story is, I want to know how to tame that beast in the future. So let's let's try and touch base again in a couple of months' time so we can talk some more about money stories, about financial literacy, and how we can all build a life of, of abundance. Definitely. I would love to do that. It's a date. Um, but until then, I've got to say, Farin, it's been an amazing experience talking to you. And I want to say thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom on The Naked Property Investor. Thank you so much for having me, Kizzy. That was really enjoyable. Well, my conversation with Farin has taught me three important lessons. First of all, being financially literate is a powerful thing, especially for women. I've also learned that a big part of financial freedom is having your heart and mind free from worry and about all of those what ifs of life. And lastly, lastly, probably most importantly, the truth is that success isn't about how much money you make. It really isn't. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. Now, this is a lesson that successful financial specialists like Farina Zim are teaching us every day. See you next week. 